This week's Daily Info Oxcast, your weekly roundup of all the best events happening in and around Oxford. This week I've got Romans and a roundup. Well, I've got synthesizers and a silent film. But let's start by mentioning our Magdalen College School Arts Festival Oxford competition, which is running at the moment. It's really easy, you just have to answer one question and you could be in with a chance of winning a festival pass for the whole festival, which is worth £150. It's closing in a week or so because the festival is coming up soon and there's loads of good things going on, so make sure you enter that from our homepage. And now for this week's Oxford fact, which is that Beaumont Palace used to be where Beaumont Street is now, and it was a palace for Henry I in eleven. 30 and if you go down Beaumont Street you can see the little plaque on the side which says near to this site stood the king's houses later known as Beaumont Palace. King Richard I was born here in 1157 and King John in 1167. It became Beaumont Street in 1829 and an interesting fact about Henry I is that it's said that he died from eating too many eels. A surfeit of lampreys. Yes yeah which aren't actually eels they're eel-like fish whatever that means that's this week's oxford fact and if you want to send us yours if you know anything that's a little bit weird or strange about oxford you can tweet it to us or email it to us or send it to us on facebook but let's move on to our first event now this is tonight at the phoenix the phoenix are showing some really great films at the moment and they're involved in a lot of the festivals that are going on like the pride festival they've been showing films for that and some other things this is more than honey it's a new documentary by Swiss filmmaker Marcus Imhoof, I don't know if that's how you say it, about family beekeepers and then about the industrialised beekeeping and how, how it's changed. And it looks like the bees get treated really horribly, but I don't know. I guess we can't really survive without bees is the main point. So we've started farming them and all the rest. So it could be quite an emotional. Farming bees. You know those films you used to watch in school where they put all the chicks into big machines and everyone's like, oh, that's so sad, and then like keeps eating chicken. Yeah. Um, It's a bit like that. They've just got rollers of bees and things going through, and and then they just crush all the dead ones. And wow. Yeah. So even if you're not that interested in bees, I think you could get quite emotionally invested in this film. Yeah. If you're not into bees, if you're into industrial agriculture, (laughs) this is also a film for you. (laughs) I've got some facts about bees. To make you more interested in bees. Did you know that when bees switch the role in their community, their brain chemistry changes? And if they switch to doing a role of a younger bee than themselves, then their brain de-ages, so they get younger in their brain. And scientists at Arizona State University are looking at this and trying to see if it will help slow the onset of dementia in humans. So that's interesting. And another fact, which I think you might be interested in, Emma, considering your bee story you told me about recently. In 2000, when the Guinness Book of World Records was looking to launch its new website, they decided to try and make the world's smallest advert for it. Scientists at Rutherford Appleton Laboratory produced a piece of film with the words guinnessworldrecords.com, which was no wider than human hair, and they tied it to a leg of a honeybee and sent it off as the world's smallest advert for the new website. 
sort of miniaturized version of a thing after a plane. Yeah, exactly. This is More Than Honey at the Phoenix tonight at 7pm. And also check out the other films that they've got going on for the festivals and just generally interesting films that they've got on this week. Meanwhile, tonight at SJE Arts, uh, fans of Electronica are in for a massive treat as the Will Gregory Moog Ensemble descends on Oxford for one night only. Now, just to clear something up, I know that a lot of people, including the inventor, Dr. Robert Moog, pronounce it Moog, but uh, Moog is an accepted anglicisation and um, it's how I've pronounced it for the last 20-odd years, and so it's how I'm going to continue. Fair enough. Um, so the Moog is an analogue synth, and it was really made possible by the invention of the transistor. It was one of the first synths ever made, and the sort of first tracks which included it in the 60s were things like Strange Days by The Doors and uh, The Satanic Majesty's Request by The Rolling Stones. Um, in the 70s, they brought out the Taurus bass pedal synthesizer, um, which you've probably heard. It was used by Genesis, Rush, Pink Floyd, ELO, just to name a few. So the Will Gregory Moog Ensemble um, includes Will Gregory, um, as the name would suggest, but also nine other musicians. And they'll be playing ten Moog synthesizers and other sort of analogues uh, from back in the day. Um, the concert starts at 8pm at St John the Evangelist, um, and they'll be playing works by Bach, John Carpenter and Bert Bacharach. So Will Gregory... Some of you might know as one half of Goldfrap, and he's going to be joined as well by Portishead's Adrian Utley. Uh, the concert starts at 8 pm, and tickets cost between 8 and 20 pounds. For another thing that you could see tonight that is completely different from the last two, but that you can also see until Saturday, is Julius Caesar at the North Wall. So, this play by Shakespeare, in brief, is the story of Julius Caesar, who has re-entered Rome in 44 BC after a victory in Spain. He gets back, he's very happy about that, but some people aren't, namely Brutus and Cassius, so they plot to kill him, and then they do kill him, and then there's some really good Shakespearean speeches given for a while by Brutus and Antony, and then Antony goes to avenge Caesar and lots of people die. So that is your sort of basic one-minute Julius Caesar summary. This is being put on by the Oxford School of Drama, who were named one of the top five acting schools in the world in 2013. They've just done the Beggars Opera as well, which you might have seen, which got very good reviews. And this production of Julius Caesar is going to emphasise the women characters in the play, actually, which could be quite interesting. I don't even know if I could name any of the women characters in this play, so that will be really interesting to see. Julius Caesar is also going to be on at the Magdalen College School Arts Festival Oxford from the 29th of June to the 1st of July in the school field. So if you don't catch it at the North Wall this week, you can also catch it during the Arts Festival. Plus, if you've won the Festival Pass, then you can go and see it for free, maybe every day if you want. Actually, I'm not sure you can do that. But anyway, this is... <laughs> Terms and conditions do apply. <laughs> you might just get a bit too sad, to be honest. Anyway, this is Julius Caesar from today until Saturday at the North Wall. And now for something also completely different. Um, on Thursday, the Ultimate Picture Palace in Cowley will be screening Harold Lloyd's silent classic, Safety Last. So basically, it's a romantic comedy from 1923, and it's often included in the sort of lists of 100 greatest comedies. But perhaps its main feature, and its sort of lasting influence on film and television, is it's the first time that someone dangled from the front of a clock face. So you know that scene where you're holding onto the clock hands? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, this, this was where it came from. And interestingly, Harold Lloyd performed most of his own stunts on the film, despite having lost a finger and most of a thumb the year before. They're probably crucial for hanging onto a clock face, aren't they? I mean, you are harnessed in. <laughs> But yeah, so tomorrow's screening is actually quite a special one, as music will be provided by the duo Unsilent Movies, who've been touring the country recently with a production of Phantom of the Opera. 
So uh, if you want to see a romantic comedy, and it's, it's sort of also a gentle tale of a boy moving from the country to the city, sort of trying to find his feet and trying to convince the people back home that he's found his feet. Um, the film starts at quarter to seven and tickets cost between nine and twelve pounds. Well, I've got another Roman-based thing for you now. I'm not sure why that's been my theme this week, but there you go. The talk Is There a History of Laughter is being put on on Friday at Mansfield College at 5pm. It's a talk by Professor Mary Beard, who is a classicist and just all-round badass and has been on all sorts of talk shows and things. She is great. And it's about her latest book, which is on Roman laughter. In this book, she uses all sorts of classical sources, of course, but that includes an old Roman joke book, which I didn't actually know existed. And some of the things that she talks about are, of course, she's sort of looking into Roman jokes, but also, can we ever get the jokes that the Romans told. So I've got a couple of example Roman jokes. So let me know if these are funny. Okay, the first one is, some provincial man has come to Rome and walking on the streets was drawing everyone's attention, being a real double of the Emperor Augustus. So the Emperor brought him to the palace and looked at him and said, tell me, young man, did your mother come to Rome any time? His reply was, she never has, but my father frequently was here. Is that funny? I mean, presumably there's some wordplay in there. I think it's a bit like the doctor joke when the um, person is rushed to hospital and they're like, I can't operate on them, that's my son. And then you realise the doctor's a woman. And you're like, oh, sexism, funny. Oh, I thought you meant like the doctor violin joke. What, what joke is that? So, you know, man breaks his arm, goes to the doctor, says, you know, will I be able to play the violin? The doctor goes, yeah, sure. He's like, well, that's great, I couldn't beforehand. Ah, no, I don't think it's like that. No. That's probably better than these last two. But anyway, so that's one. I've got another one, which is a bit more of a wordplay one, I think. A man standing before a censor is about to testify whether he has a wife. The censor asks, do you have, in all your honesty, a wife? I surely do, but not in all my honesty. Yeah, that almost works. Yeah. That's a carry-on line, isn't it? I'm sure you'll get much more out of Professor Mary Beard than me. The other things that she's going to be talking about are the role of Roman jokes in the courts, the palace and the arena. Apparently, Cicero is the funniest Roman ever. So there you go. I don't think these were his jokes. The Romans had jokes about bald men, and also the origin of the whoopee cushion is somewhere in Roman comedy history. So this is Is There a History of Laughter? A talk by Professor Mary Beard at Mansfield College at 5pm on Friday. And it's free to go along as well. And to find out about more lectures, you can look up our event listings at dailyinfo.co.uk. If you need gardening tips as the sun comes out, someone to do your garden, or some things to buy for your garden, you can find that in our gardening section. There's also someone selling a complete hive of bees there as well. So if you've been inspired by our talks of beekeeping and you've gone to see the film tonight, The Phoenix, then you could buy an entire hive. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Twitter as at Daily Info Oxford, and you can find us on Facebook as Daily Info Oxford. And don't forget to enter our Magdalen College School Arts Festival Oxford competition and send us an Oxford fact if you have one. And moving on to next week, from the 13th to the 21st of June, it's Low Carbon Oxford Week. So pop-up events will be happening all across the city to celebrate the green and the environmentally friendly. This year's event kicks off with Oxford's Big Green Day Out on Saturday and ends with Tandem Festival on the following weekend. And in between there are bike repair workshops, walks, talks and exhibitions. 
We've got an interview uh, with the organiser of last year's festival, and if you want to listen to that, you can listen to it on Oxcast Extra. And if you'd like to get involved, you can actually take part in a couple of competitions. One is the From Waste to Wildlife Challenge, by making animal sculptures from waste materials. And I think they also have, is it a scavenger hunt or a treasure hunt? Treasure hunt. Treasure hunt happening um, at nine locations all the way throughout the city. So keep your eyes peeled for posters. For more details, you can visit lcoweek.org forward slash challenge. And for more details on all the events, you can visit lcoweek.org. And Low Carbon Week are also going to be having a stall at this year's Jericho Street Fair, which is my next event. This is happening on Saturday from 12 until 9pm. It's free to come along and they're going to have loads of things on this year. Each year it just seems to get bigger and better. So this year they've got a bouncy castle, some sumo wrestling, they've got 18 real ales, including the Lamb Brewery, who are based in Sanford-on-Thames, so just outside Oxford. There's going to be music... All sorts of musicians are playing, from acapella to Britpop. And I think they're going to have more than one stage, which will be exciting. There's a barbecue, a raffle, Morris dancing, just all sorts of things going on all day. It's been put on mainly by the old bookbinders, um, and it's on Canal Street, so you can sort of make your way down to the pub at the end there. If you still want to get a stall and sell some things, then it costs £50, or £20 for half a stall if you're a charity or a Jericho resident. And as I said, Low Carbon Week will have a stall there as well, so you can go and find out about them. So this is the Jericho Street Fair, happening on Saturday from 12 until 9, and it's completely free. And to round off the weekend, on Sunday night, the Playhouse will be hosting Jack D, who is himself hosting a help desk. So the show, uh, entitled Jack D's Help Desk, features Jack D, uh, as you might expect, uh, with his trademark deadpan delivery. But in the show, he plays an agony aunt helped by a panel of experts, um, in inverted commas, uh, who are also comedians. And previous dates have included James A. Castor, Fred McCauley, Danny Bolleston, Kevin Eldon. So household names, um, if your household's into comedy. <laughs> uh, the show actually requires the audience to provide the substantive basis for the material. Uh, so, you know, as you come in, you offer up problems for resolution. And um, when it ran at last year's Fringe at Assembly George Square, the reviewers were quick to spot that it's basically a panel show, but without the scripting or the editing. So if you've got a problem, if you like listening to other people's problems, or if you just fancy seeing some comedians give appalling advice, uh, you can catch it at the Playhouse on Sunday. The show starts at 7.30pm and all tickets are 19.50 or 17.50 concessions, so you don't have to worry about uh, where you're sitting versus the price. So moving into next week now, I thought I'd just do a little bit of a pub quiz roundup. It's something that we've been talking a lot about in the office and there are always loads going on around Oxford anyway. And as the sun comes out, we hope, um, it's a nice time to get down and have some competitive fun and drinking. Just a few then that go through the week. On Monday, you can have a pub quiz at the Victoria Arms in Marston or the Black Horse in Abingdon. Tuesday, there's the Bookbinders quiz down in Jericho. And also on Tuesdays, Big Sock down the Cowley Road do a film quiz on the second Tuesday of the month and a music quiz on the third Tuesday of the month, so quite specific ones. The Cape and the Bear also have their quizzes on Tuesday. I've heard the Bear's quiz is really quite difficult it's impossible so if you're a pub quiz genius then you could give that one a go we could do a chart so if you know beginners level yeah from sort of working it up through yeah sort of amber then on wednesday the royal blenheim have theirs that's a quite hard one too and the red lion in marston have a fortnightly 
quiz on a Wednesday. Their monthly quiz is on a Thursday, the red line, and then moving to the weekend on Sunday, the classic pub quiz night, I'd say. You've got pub quizzes at the Chester, the Gardener's Arms, which have a weekly themed quiz, which you can find on their Facebook page. I don't know if people dress up, but I would hope that they do. And the Port Mahon. So if you have been to any of these quizzes and you can give us some feedback or you've got some ideas of how we could do this ranking thing that I'm now just starting to think about, you can let us know. Uh, you can review pub quizzes, anything you want to do, let us know. So this is your pub quiz roundup. Get around Oxford and uh, try out some pub quizzes. And for more events, you can visit dailyinfo.co.uk. You can also find sports and fitness classes, yoga, Zumba, all those kinds of things in our sports and fitness section. Including now outdoor boot camps. Yes, which me and Emma are going to today. Terrified. So if you don't hear us in the podcast next week, you'll probably know what's happened to us. Follow us on social media. We're on Twitter at Daily Info Oxford, or you can find us on Facebook by searching for Daily Info Oxford. And to play us out, we have a jingle made for us by the Young Women's Music Project. Mm. 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 Daily, daily, daily info. Mm. Mm. Daily, daily, daily info. Daily, daily, daily info. Daily, daily, daily.